Hello, my name is Don Green. I'm the CEO of Napoleon Hill Foundation. I just got an interview with Real Jason Duncan's show. Hopefully the uh, program is uh, beneficial to the time. I hope we didn't wait. Jason, I didn't work, waste your time, but we're learning every day, no matter what our age is. And I developed a saying a long time ago. I don't know where I stole it or what, but uh, anyway, I often use it. I said, just think. And I had a zoo as a kid, so I know what I'm talking Monkeys can learn from monkeys. Us people, we got to learn from other people. And if you watch the Jason Duncan show, you'll have a chance to learn from other people. It doesn't cost you anything but a little bit of time and maybe a little bit of energy but I think you'll be the better for it. Thank you very much. Welcome to the root of all success with the real Jason Duncan, a podcast that explores how the world's most powerful entrepreneurs unlocked success and how their stories can help you do the same. A successful educator turned entrepreneur, Jason has built multi-million dollar businesses that have been featured in Inc. Magazine and Entrepreneur Magazine. His life's mission now is helping entrepreneurs live what he calls hashtag the exit lifestyle. Introducing TEDx speaker, mastermind leader, author, entrepreneur, cigar aficionado, motorcycle enthusiast, and host of the root of all success, the real Jason Duncan. The The real real Jason Jason Duncan. Duncan. Hey, welcome back to another edition of the root of all success. I'm the real Jason Duncan. Today, I have Don Green as my special guest. He is the executive director of the Napoleon Hill Foundation. So if you are a fan of Think and Grow Rich, if you're a fan of Napoleon Hill, if you're a fan of success, personal achievement, mindset, then this is one of our modern day guides in this movement, in this understanding of Napoleon Hill and mindset, etc. Uh, Don is 82 years old, so he's got a lot of life experience around understanding deeply who Napoleon Hill is and his writings, what he what he's done in his writings. Now, Don's had a very uh, good career doing other things. He was a banker, banking executive for many, many years, and then he was invited to be the executive director of the Napoleon Hill Foundation about uh, 20 years ago. And so he serves as that executive director. He moved the, the central office for the Napoleon Hill Foundation from Chicago, where it was at the time, over to University of Virginia's college at Wise, which happens to be the location where Napoleon Hill was born. Um, he has won many awards. He's been Citizen of the Year. He's won the Sam Walton Business Leader Award, the William P. Canto Memorial Education Award, Volunteer of the Year Award. This guy has been a service to humanity for many, many years. But I think our interest in, in talking to him today, and I think you'll find it interesting today, is his depth of knowledge around Napoleon Hill. I'm going to ask him several questions about uh, about why, why Napoleon Hill refers to God as infinite intelligence. I'm going to talk about his relationship with Andrew Carnegie. We're going to talk about Don's favorite book out of all the writings that Napoleon Hill, and it's going to be different. It's not what you might have thought it would have been. But please tune in and help me welcome Mr. Don Green to the show. Hey, Don, welcome to the show. Well, good morning, Jason. I've been looking forward to this. Uh, I know we corresponded some by that fancy communication, but no, that this is as close as you can be is with being with someone is a is a cross across the internet, the computer. Uh, you can <laughs> well, see that. 
I'm, uh, I've been looking forward to this for quite some time, and I want to set this up. I know in the, in the intro, I already said some of this to the, to the listeners, but you are, you are such a kind, kind soul, and you have done a couple of really nice things for me, and your, uh, your partners at Sound Wisdom have also done some pretty cool things for me. And I want to kind of tell everybody how this got started. So I've told everybody who you are, but I reached out to I reached out to the Napoleon Hill Foundation. Um, I guess it's been a year and a half ago, and I wanted to get a copy of the original the original copy of Think and Grow Rich, which I have a picture right here. You've got it on your shelf behind you. Uh, I also went out and bought later this uh, complete classic text and hardback, which I think is really nice. I keep this sitting on my desk all the time, but I, but I reached out to your foundation and said, Hey, I would like to get a copy of that book. Uh, I don't do business with Amazon personally. That's just my own personal thing. That's a whole nother story. I said, can I get the book somewhere else? And, and uh, I think David was his name. And David was like, yeah, well, you know, we'll, we'll take care of that. And he sent me, I paid and he sent me a copy of the book, but he also sent with it. He sent me this book, which I had, I had read before, Outwitting the Devil. This is the action guide. And uh, he sent this to me. And that made me forever a fan of what Napoleon Hill Foundation is doing and what you're doing to bring Napoleon Hill's works to, to the world. So I'm very excited to have you on the show today. So let me ask, as we get started, could you tell me a little bit about how you became uh, the, the executive director of the Napoleon Hill Foundation and then where the foundation actually got its start. Could you kind of tell us a little bit about that? And we're going to do some deep dive into Napoleon Hill later in our conversation. Well, in the 90s, I was a bank president. Of course, I've been reading material forever and ever. And I not only read Hill, I tried to read all the other people that he read also. So I have done a lot of reading. But I did a little talk at the Historical Society one night. And when I got home, I wrote a little message to the office in the, they were actually in the suburb of Chicago. And I told them what I'd been doing uh, to promote uh, the Napoleon Hill. And I got a letter back inviting me to come to Chicago and have a dinner with the board. And I did. And they uh, uh, offered me a position on the board. And I, I took it. And uh, I knew that uh, they had told me that someday I'll be running the foundation if I ever got out of banking. Because, of course, especially in the later years, the only other CEO had been in an accident and he couldn't travel. And uh, so he, he was just wanting to com complete quit. He wasn't doing little or nothing except the positive checks. And uh, so uh, we sold the bank in the year 2000 after 18 years. And it was a very good timing. And I took the position of the as CEO of the Napoleon Hill Foundation. But the first thing I did was move it from Chicago to Wise, Virginia. Only and that's where uh, Napoleon Hill was born. I thought it was only fitting that it be uh, located in the same place. Right. So you right. took. Uh, so it had been going for quite some time. Did the did the foundation start with his wife after his passing, or where did the foundation get it? No, they were actually they were actually she was she was a, the lead of the thing and was former in '62. But no, they had he was on there and uh, and and an attorney. I think uh, to get to start, it was sixty. Was in uh, was in uh, nineteen sixty two, eight years before uh, Napoleon passed passed away. And right. actually, it was it was actually during a period of time he was working with uh, uh, W. Clement Stone about that time. 
And the fact is, Mr. Stone, he put $500,000 into the foundation to kind of get it off to the start. And then when they got to really publishing books and selling them, they paid him back without interest. But uh, he was chairman right up until the time he died. He uh, lived to be 100, Mr. Stone did. Oh, wow. Well, so when did your interest in Napoleon Hill begin? Take us back to that beginning of your interest in his writings. When in high school, I read everything. I read everything I could get my hand on. It's a long story how I accomplished that. But uh, anyway, I, I read him when I then I found out that that he read, and uh, uh, so I took a job. I took a job at a dollar and fifteen cents an hour working for a finance company as an outside collector, and they furnished educational stuff. And I got a I got a little bit from, from that. And I just if I saw something, I just expanded on it. And I kept reading, reading, and it uh, it just came to me more I read. People like my dad practically killed herself making a living working in the coal mines. But the people I'm reading about in them books, they're making their money, Jason, by using their mind. And I was determined to get an education, study finance and, and so forth, and to uh, and to follow that path. I mean, I told my I told my cousins at a real early age that I was going I was going to own a bank. I didn't exactly own one, but uh, I know it was made fun of. But uh, you got to see things in the vision of where you want to be rather than where you are. The fact is, that's my, I'm, just, I'm not plugging it, but that's my next book. I'm about halfway through it. It's not a lot of material written on vision. Uh, I could tell you a lot of stories. I know we don't have time, but uh, that's a project I want to do. And we continuously develop new products. Uh, we have over a hundred books. They had 16 when I started. Uh, so we published a lot of books and they had one foreign publisher who came over here from Japan. And today we have over 500 foreign publishers. We have 38 in Russia alone. And how I know is our, one of our trustees, Hill's grandson, he adopted a couple of kids from Russia. And he asked me how many Russian publishers and so I had my sister count them. There were 38 at the time. So, so you started reading Napoleon Hill's writings as a uh, as a student in school, and now you're the you know long term director of the foundation for Napoleon Hill. What is your favorite book that Napoleon Hill wrote? I'm going to assume Think and Grow Rich is it, but I maybe it's not. So, which is your favorite book out of all the writings? I think I kind of bounce around something a little bit. Uh, I have a good friend, Jeffrey Gittemore, who wrote the Little Red Sales Bible. His is uh, How to Say Your Way Through Life. He, re- he wrote that in 1939, uh, a couple of years after Little Thinking Girl Rich. He wrote that with his wife. And uh, I, th- I think it's uh, extremely important. The salespeople love it because if what you're selling, you're not selling a product, you're selling yourself. And we have to do it every day where we realize we're not. We're selling ourselves to our teachers, our coworkers, our uh, employer, or our children, and 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 people we have casual uh, conversations with. Uh, uh, we're selling ourselves, and uh, uh, but uh, but then yeah, I gotta love thinking about rich. I don't. I'm not gonna tell you how many times away. I don't have no idea. But uh, I always car keep one with me. I've got. Uh, one I keep in the car. Sometimes you just want to open it up and uh, and, um, and and read a little bit. And it's been so inspirational. Uh, for example, 
I said, that story, Three Feet from Gold, make a good book. And I started it and, uh, and, uh, uh, at, uh, with uh, Greg Reed and then Sharon Lecter, who did the Rich Dad Woody books. She'd been on to me and to do something. Done. And I said, Sharon, we're not got nowhere on the book. I don't have time. I did the first few interviews, got it laid out, and it's going to be our book. If you want to write on it, and sure did, and it's done real well. It's not, it's not, it's not out with the devil, but uh, it's done real well. But I get inspiration. Uh, I let Greg do a book uh, called Stickability. That word comes from thinking grow rich, and uh, uh, so I just can see something other in in there. It uh, makes me more do a book or, uh, or something something else. I mean. Just like on Creative Vision, he says, there's not a lot written about it. When I read it, there's not a lot written about it. I was reading, I said, well, I'm, maybe I ought to write a little bit, gather what I know on it and do some research and whatever. And, and uh, uh, it's been real fun. And, to, and uh, the favorite one I write is one I'm writing on to the present time. I don't like get excited. I would like to just walk out and go home and sit down for a week and do it. But uh, the office, I, I don't, I, I never write anything in the office except ancient correspondence, but as far as writing a little book or an introduction or anything like that, I do that from my house. Well, you know, three, uh, Sharon, you mentioned Three Feet from Gold and, and Sharon Lecter. So Sharon and I know one another. She's, we've spoken on stages together, and then she also endorsed my book, uh, which is Exit Without Exiting. But I had her on this show and we talked a little bit about Three Feet from Gold and Outwitting the Devil. And I, I want to mention this because I know a lot of people don't aren't familiar with this book. They're not familiar with this as one of Napoleon Hill's writings. But for me, I believe this was the gateway for me into really getting deep into understanding personal achievement and becoming a fan of Napoleon Hill. The book for the for the listeners who aren't familiar with it, the book was written really not too long after he wrote Think and Grow Rich, but it wasn't released until 2011. So he wrote it in the 30s or 40s, and he didn't release it until 2011 because of the nature of the book. At least, Don, this is the story that I was told, is that it, it's it's an interview between Napoleon Hill and the devil, and it's just an interview back and forth, back and forth, about how the devil takes control of the world and how he uses his powers to do what he does. But it's all really about mindset and this idea of you've got to have a definite major purpose in life, can't be drifting through life. And that book really got me uh, got me started on understanding what mindset was. And then I went back and read Think and Grow Rich and started really diving in. Uh, so I love Outwitting the Devil. I think it's one of the best. And this action guide that you guys have put together has is really fantastic. It is a, I think, 13 week or so action guide. No, no, it's more than that. 17 or 18 chapters. It goes through it. So it's a good, good book. Let's take a quick break to thank our amazing sponsors for making this podcast possible. As an entrepreneur, I know that you have to deal with sales on a regular basis. I mean, every entrepreneur does. And if you aren't paying attention to sales as an entrepreneur, you're not going to be an entrepreneur for very long. But I've got a sponsor of this show called Dub that helps you bring the personal back to sales. If you want to figure out how to improve content creation, improve client trust, uh, improve your sales 
process, decrease the sales cycle, because we all know time kills deals. If you want to increase client bookings and increase conversions, you need to take a look at Dove. There's a special offer for Dove for listeners to the Root of All Success at therealjasonduncan.com slash Dove, and that's D-U-B-B. What Dove does, I've been using this for years. I'm a huge fan, and I'm so honored that they're our uh, primary sponsor of the podcast. But they have helped over 60,000 businesses around the world communicate better, to make sales easier, to make sales more personal. And it's built, Dub is built for growing teams. I mean, you can set up video emails, you can set up custom onboarding, you can do admin reporting, uh, anything you need around video and sales and automation, Dub is there. You can try Dub now. Your conversions to sales are waiting. All you got to do is go to therealjasonduncan.com slash Dub. And there you're going to get two weeks for free to try Dub. Plus, you're going to get 50% off your first two months of Dub. You can't, you can't beat that. So go check it out. Go to therealjasonduncan.com slash Dub. 40 years ago, you weren't in business unless you had your business in the yellow pages. You remember those things? <laughs> and 30 years ago, you weren't in business unless you had a door-to-door -door salesman. 20 years ago, you weren't in business unless you had a website. And today, you're not in business unless you're doing social media content. Am I right? Social media content. Social media content in the form of like micro content, which is 30 to 60 second spots on Instagram Reels or TikTok or YouTube Shorts. That's the way business is done. As a matter of fact, that may be how you found out about this podcast or me as a business coach. This medium that we're using today to communicate what we do is vitally important. And just recording yourself isn't enough. You've got to do it right. And my friends over at Story do it right. And one of the problems with doing it wrong is that you sit around thinking, well, what the heck am I going to record? How, what am I going to say? How am I going to say it? Like, I don't know what to talk about. Well, story takes all of that away from you. Stop wasting time trying to come up with content because story will send you a video prompt on what to record. You can pick the categories you want to record in, whether it's real estate, entrepreneurship, finance, relationship, leadership, life insurance. It could be anything. Don't waste time on that. And by the way, if you're not confident in talking on video or if the video editing portion takes up way too much of your time, Story will edit the videos to perform well on social media. They add the subtitles, the pop-ups, the zoom cuts. They remove all the filler words like uh and um and uh. They remove the awkward pauses. And then they take that video and post it for you. They write the captions, they add the relevant hashtags, and they post it on the platforms that you care about the most. It's exactly what you need to be in business today and to be successful at it. So if you want to learn how to do social media the way the influencers do, you need to go to therealjasonduncan.com slash story. And that story with two whys. Why? Because they're awesome. Go to therealjasonduncan.com slash story. That's S-T-O-R-Y-Y for 10% off your first three months to try story out. You're going to thank me later. Thanks for listening to our sponsors. Now, back to the show. It will be similar to Think and Grow Rich. The sales were tremendous on the thing. I mean, the audio book, the book, and it's in about 63, I believe, foreign languages already. So we continue to do it. I had that manuscript for 11 years before I was able to uh, 
get it published because our chairman, uh, it was, um, uh, he was uh, Hill's uh, uh, actually nephew by marriage. But uh, anyway, uh, he had the manuscript. His wife didn't want it published. Annie Lou Hill's wife supposedly didn't want it published. But then I told Charlie one day, those women are dead. I'm going to make some money off that book. You always want to help these kids go to school. And uh, it's funny. I got it published. It was a bestseller right off. And uh, he called one day, wanting 50 copies. He was speaking to a group of cardiologists. That's why you want to start with cardiologists. I said, boy, for 11 years, he wouldn't let me publish it. Now he wants me to donate him 50 books. <laughs> thought, it, thought it was funny. Yes, and, my, and I would say about the, the devil, uh, it's as a, the lesson to man made fear. In one place I read where he said, Jason, just imagine you're sitting there thinking about taking on a project. And there's a little demon on your shoulders and Jason, you can't do that. You don't know nobody. You've not been to school. You're going to be, you're going to fall flat on your face and you're going to be the laughing stock. He said, the first thing you got to do is dust that little demon off and say, I can, I will watch me go. And we have to give ourselves positive self-talk. We sit around giving ourselves negative self-talk and uh, it has to be replaced if we're going to be successful. I understand that 100%. This is another one of the workbooks that you guys, uh, I don't know if you had anything to do with this specifically, but uh, this is Joel Fatinos and August Gold put together this this uh, action guide, this workbook on Think and Grow Rich. And I've gone through this with a friend of mine. I've gone through it with my son. I'm going through it with one of my apprentices. And uh, it just does a deep dive into the concepts taught by Hill in Think and Grow Rich. If you had to, if you had done, if you had to take all the concepts and all the things you've learned about Hill, I mean, you probably have more knowledge of Hill and his concepts than any human on earth right now. What is the one thing to you that is the biggest concept, the most important thing, the one that we could probably use right now more than anything else in the world? No doubt, Jason, it's finding your purpose. Even the good book tells us we must find our purpose. Rick Warren's book, Purpose Driven Life, sold 45 million copies the last time I looked. But without a purpose, we're just a wandering, you see, a drifter. And, uh, and that's the starting point of all achievements. You can call it a goal. You can call it your chief aim. You can call it your burning desire. The outcome that you have to have a purpose, which, what gets you up in the morning, what you think about and work at during the day, and what you do the plans. If I release the whole formula down to uh, do uh, uh, three Ps, uh, it, would be, uh, it would be purpose planning and persistence. That plan explains it pretty well. Uh, and uh, you got, and of course, you got to have the purpose. And you may not know all the answers. If we're taking a trip, we don't have to know where we're stopping, every red light, what have you. We make maneuvers and changes as we go. And, uh, and if we run up to problems, we can take two types of people that may solve our problems. One of them is the influence, and the other is influence, either their knowledge or their, or, or their money. But I found out successful people, they're the most successful. You know, uh, I, I've said, if you want something done, get a busy person. But uh, most people are thinking that the plans have got to be perfect. The most important thing of all is that word action is getting started. Because you wait, you got all the answers. You're never going to start. You can always be fine. Well, what if this happened? What if this? If you really believe in what you're doing, you start out. And... Uh, and, and you get help if you need it. 
and uh, if your plans need to be changed, it's not even important that Hill says how good the plans are. The main thing is you have an idea, and uh, and you start off and uh, and and add to it, and uh, and if you really love what you're doing, is uh, is persistence. That's uh, well, as he said was that even a, a, a stamp uh, sticks to the job, uh, and uh, he used that he used that quote somewhere or another, and it, and it's true, it's true. Uh, but uh, only a very few small percentage of people, they have ideas or whatever, you know, and, uh, but they don't do nothing with them. So Napoleon Hill teaches, he teaches about this thing. He says, whatever the mind can conceive and believe, it can achieve. Which, if you think about his, you know, the, the, the secret to what he wrote in this book, Think and Grow Rich, it kind of boils down to that, doesn't it? Whatever the mind can conceive and believe, it can achieve. My, my dad used to have this saying uh, on, on a, his desk when I was a kid, what I think about, I bring about. And uh, I never knew what that meant until, until recently in my adult life and understanding that. And I think it, it has this idea of that you, your thoughts are things, you're, you, what you think about, you are going to bring about. I know that, uh, that um, um, the strangest secret with, um, oh my gosh, why am I? Losing the Earl Nightingale. Yeah, Earl Nightingale. You know, Earl Nightingale, that was what he talked about. It's that your thoughts, what you think about is what's going to lead to your life. What are you, what do you think about that? Give me your insight on this idea of what you think about, you bring about, and Napoleon saying whatever the mind can conceive and believe you can achieve. Well, I think it's absolutely truth. I mean, you know, I read a book about Paul Plazer, who was an economic advisor to Reagan, and he and he said he he quote talked about how much we've progressed in our in our lifetimes, more than all of other history before us put together, and 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 of course a lot of these people use their mind is like people like Elon Musk. It's just absolutely amazing. I'm reading his biography right now in my spare time. Uh, but but it's just amazing and, and it, it's true whatever their mind can conceive and uh, and I, I know I, I collect art and I know I've read the book on Leonardo Vinci he was drawings for man-made flight back in the 1490s and uh, but uh, that was the conception somebody had in, in course and he'll cover that Wright Brothers flight we had the newspaper clip and he said the farmer said that thing won't fly. He said, if God wanted man to fly, would give him wings. And that was a perception. It was uh, impossible for things heavier than earth to, uh, to be uh, maneuvered. But gosh, look how the airplane uh, uh, has changed the world. In three feet from gold, you know, we interviewed Martin Cooper, who did the cell phone. And uh, he uh, he said he went to IBM and they said there wasn't no need for and the original cell phone was probably about that long if you ever seen one of them. But he said, he went to Motorola and got money to do the research and put it together. He said the first phone call he made, he called the guy at IBM and said, I got my phone working. And, you know, you can't imagine the change of it. Uh, Senator uh, Mark Warner, who's a friend of mine, I invested in one of his companies. And I introduced him when he was running for governor for U.S. Senator. But he started to, he had to sell. He got to sell rights for cell phones in Virginia for ten thousand dollars. He said he went to his dad. He he knows daddy in mind. He went to an uncle, and uncle told him in a few words that people don't want to drive around their car talking on no cell phone. He said you're just fixing to waste your money, and so he finally got a uh, friend to go to the bank with him and sign his note for ten thousand dollars. 
he got the rights to the cell phones of Virginia. He sold it for $175 million. So uh, he, he somebody did the cell phone. He got the idea of what the benefits of it would be, and he put it to use. And, you know, it could have been anybody who practically got $10,000. Uh, but um, uh, there's real progress being made every day. And I think uh, we're going to be amazed on the ability they can do to feed the world's population uh, with uh, uh, growing, growing fruit in, all, in, uh, in a large amounts in small spaces and, and so forth. But, you know, if anything out there, they is somebody, uh, some, somebody is working on it. And there's two things drives the markets. One of them is what people need, what they need, which is food, clothing, and shelter. And the other is their wants. And now if you've got a, a Pro 12 cell phone, Apple, um, do you really need a 15? But people, they're, buy, they're lining up to buy them. And, you know, they keep raising the price on them. So you think you... You think you need the newest phone. You don't necessarily need it. You want it. And yeah. either one of them will drive the market. If people need a phone in their business or a computer, or they want one to play video games on, either one of them will, will cause them, will, will make the market. Let me ask you this yeah. question. This is a specific question about some of the way that Napoleon Hill teaches what he teaches. And uh, he, he talks about infinite intelligence in his books consistently. Um, which is a euphemism for God, uh, the way that he describes it. And I, I've listened to his 1954 speech in Chicago. It's on, on the internet, on YouTube. You can listen to it. It's like 11 hours. I listened to the whole thing. And he gave an explanation about why he did, why he did that. But I wonder, you know, I knew, I think I know that Napoleon Hill uh, considered himself to be, I think, a Christian. I think he, uh, he followed God, at least I under, at least that's my understanding. But why do you think he did, he kind of downplayed God and God's name in his writings and referred to him only as infinite? Well, to me, I think it's a pretty easy explanation. He wrote his material. He wanted to, to appear to everybody in the world. He did not want to say, he did not want to insult anyone. And so no one could argue with uh, with that use of infinite intelligence. In fact, is I, I don't know where I shared it with you or not, but I've got a quote of his. It's frameable, and it's uh, it's on tolerance. And he basically says he looks forward to the day when we know each other as brothers and sisters. We don't know people by the color of their skin or whether Gentiles or Jews or Catholics or whatever. We simply know them as brothers and sisters. And if we ever get to that stage, you know, uh, we could. Uh, we could sell off our guns or throw them away or whatever if we ever get to that place. But because we're not there, it don't mean we don't have to uh, try to work towards it. But yeah. I think that's yeah. an explanation because uh, he, uh, uh, he he wrote, he interviewed the Mormon church president. Uh, and I, I wrote about that, uh, one of his books, Out on Your Own Mind, one of the Mental Dynamite books. And uh, he uh, he uh, also he, he you know he, he followed Mahatma Gandhi read his material and his stuff uh, got uh, got sent, sent sent over there so he wanted to appeal to every everyone out there to lead a better to lead a better life and I think that's a, I think that's he was raised as an old regular Baptist which my mother and father that if you know anything about them they're very very firm uh, or what you want to call them. They don't use uh, music in a church. 
They don't no pianos, no organs, no 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 drum, no music. It's all by uh, they they read the lines, and then they so the crowd sings them. I think that developed from the fact is when everybody didn't read, somebody would read the line from a book and then they'd all sing it. And if you watch that movie, a George Clooney old brother, yeah. Uh, yeah, if you saw that Ralph Stanley, who I know, uh, uh, live not far from him, done business with him. Of course, he's dead now, but uh, he sung that song uh, without any any music and. Uh, he was from the old regular Baptist also, also people <laughs> his, his family was. So it's a, uh, it's interesting, but I think, I think that was, a, I think that was a, I think that was a uh, point um, in that thing without a doubt that uh, he saw his material appealing to everyone. Well, I, I certainly understand that explanation. And uh, I, I, that's what he said in his speech, but I wanted to know if there was maybe some more information around that, that I didn't have. What, um, you know, Let's talk about his relationship with Andrew Carnegie. I, I know that this, this story is told as, as we get, get from history is that this all started with him being a newspaper reporter, Hill being a newspaper reporter and being tasked with interviewing Andrew Carnegie at the time. And then Carnegie ended up taking it under his wing and saying, listen, I'm going to show you these, what now we know is 17 principles for success and personal achievement. I want you to study this for the next 20 years and, and develop a curriculum that will teach people. How did he originally, how did he and Carnegie work together? What, was it a very friendly relationship or, or, or what, what can you tell us about his relationship with Andrew Carnegie? Well, and he, uh, of course, he, in, in 1980s when he went, went, to, went to Carnegie, of course, his connection you know, goes all the way back. He spoke in 1932 at a, and, uh, at a school and uh, Jennings Randolph was in that school. He made the connection when he got elected uh, to uh, FDR. But in 1908, he took that position of, of writing uh, for Bob Taylor, who was the U.S. Senator from Tennessee, and he had a Bob Taylor's magazine, and he went out and interviewed people. And see, Jason, that's the difference in him and uh, people, even Morrison Sweat Martin or Samuel Smiles, who wrote the first set book. They wrote about those people, kind of like from a history standpoint, but he actually went to him and interviewed him. So uh, uh, he, uh, and I think a lot of his stuff, and I'm working on a project now, and he called Success Vitamins. I found a whole bunch of tapes, a couple of hours, I guess. And uh, I think he got all those, he got all those quotes. Uh, uh, Andrew Carnegie had quotes on the walls in his library. In fact, as I was our April 30th, we did a thing in the, in the, in the library. And he had quotes like, it's harder to, for me to give my money away than it was to make it. And, uh, and uh, he, he had quotes on books and, and so forth. And of course, deep, deep in it, delving into it, I know why he had love for books and sent so many libraries up. But uh, the historian, Kevin Draper, told me uh, that uh, in 1905, in today's dollars, Andrew Carnegie is worth $150 billion more than Elon Musk. And he gave it all away except, uh, except $20 million. I think he, uh, you, you know, just you and I both, we're only one person, at least between us, of meeting anybody in the world we want to see. And we, if we find that one person, and for the hell it was, uh, of course it was Carnegie and others would uh, 
because if he wants went to one of them, it's easier for him to go to another one. So it must be something where he interviewed Andrew Carnegie. So, and 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 I know the reason he didn't pay him. I think uh, this is if he had paid him, he'd never developed him. He wanted to apply it as he went along, so he had to work. In fact, is uh, if you know who Russell Brunson is, you see him over my head, the picture of my head. Uh, he's our he's our largest uh, supporter at at. Uh, at click phones, but uh, uh, anyway, it it, it affected uh, it's it's affected so many people. It's just uh, absolutely un unbelievable. But uh, but it's all it's all about networking and, and connections. And uh, he he I did a contract with Russell Ridge. I mentioned his name on Hill. Did a big old manual. It's, it must be that thick. And he trained car people how to sell cars, and how to sell insurance. And, uh, and of course, his whole material is about selling, selling ourselves, selling others, and so forth. So uh, he uh, he had a college called Washington County, Washington College and uh, Automobile College in D.C. He trained car salesmen, and he also trained life insurance people. And of course, that was his connection to David Clement Stone, was because he was training salespeople. And, and Stone gave the book to everybody who worked with him by the thousands. He gave he gave away thinking grow rich. So what uh, what is your personal definition of the word success? After studying Napoleon Hill for all these years, what do you think success? I can make it. I can make it, I can make it real short. I, I wrote a book of me in our mindset about the use of money and so forth. But uh, money, cars, clothes, good food, travel—they're not success. They're pleasures their pleasures helping other people is true success that's happiness make a difference in others lives so by that definition helping other people and living a life in happiness if that's the definition of success that don green says is success are you a successful person well it's in making making people. Yeah, I love her. What I do, you know, I'm 82 years old. You know, as a bank president for 18 years, I need to, I'm not I'm not doing this to pile up some money. Uh, I uh, make a difference. We were benefactor the year to last year to college. We've given them about five million dollars in addition to what I, what I've done. And uh, then uh, this year I was volunteer of the year, which was this past Saturday night. And that's quite an honor out of the thousands of alumni they got to they pick me. And I got the same award 20 some years ago. So I've uh, concentrated on helping, helping other people and, and, and Jason. And most of the time it's people that can't do anything for us. I'm not expecting anything in return. If I give you a book and I stick it in the mail, I feel good about it. Now you can lay it up or put it in a yard sale. I did my part and that's all I could do. You can't fake, you can't, you can't force success on someone because it's within them. It's not the outside. Uh, it's not even what appears on the outside. It's it's what's in us and what our intent is and so forth. Uh, well, let me ask you this. Most of the people that listen to this show are entrepreneurs, business owners. So if you had to give one piece of advice from your years of experience at 82 years young, studying Napoleon Hill for many of those years, what is your one piece of advice that you would give to an entrepreneur? Well, I think a thing on on starting it, if you have a job, it's it's real easy to start a second business and let it gradually take over. 
because so many people open a little restaurant or open a little store and they go in debt and, and, and so forth. And they, and they fail because they don't have any cash flow. It takes long to generate the cash flow. But if they can open up a little little place or whatever and maybe work a few hours and evenings and whatever and work at it and, and gradually, you, in other words, I've saw people take a hobby and develop it into a business, but they didn't do it over, didn't do it overnight because in the meantime, you have to have some money to live on and people get frustrated and quit or they're in debt. So they keep going in debt and going in debt and they don't generate cash flow to keep them out of trouble. But you know, I'm, I'll rattle off some cable TV and spring water and, and, and Dollar General stores and, uh, and, uh, uh, and pizza places and dry clean business, all those businesses. They were all started while I was a bank president. I didn't have to take no money out of it. Huh. Not initially, anyway. I remember the cleaners, I did a budget, a projection on the thing, and I thought we'd make money in 12 months, and it turned positive in eight. Uh, the business was a little better, well, I think I anticipated or what my number was. But but so many people, I use Victor Hugo's quote, it's not that they were planned to fail. They were just failing to plan. Yeah, They weren't planning to fail. They simply failed to plan. Well, it's, and, and it's a good in entrepreneurship. I think it's a wonderful business. I absolutely love it. And because my wife asked me one time, "Why would you start a cable TV when you don't even want to sell it?" I said, "Because I can." <laughs> of course. Well, Don, it's uh, it's actually it, it's it's one of the pleasures of my week being able to talk to you and meet you. I'm a huge fan of what Napoleon Hill Foundation is doing, the work that they're doing to get his message. This this the ideas of personal achievement, the theories and, and, and practices of personal achievement and mindset. So thank you for what you're doing. And also I want to mention your newest book, Napoleon Hill's Secret by Don Green, executive director of the Napoleon Hill Foundation. This is your newest book. You were kind enough to send me an autographed copy of this recently. Where can people go get a copy of your new book? Of course, it's real easy. Amazon, they send the stores because uh, it's, uh, it's distributed. But it's it's on it's on Amazon, and I noticed all the ratings have been good. If, uh, the ratings on Amazon has been very good, and we've lost in quite a few foreign countries already. So, and uh, and basically, I would look at it as a kind of a course. I did a lot of work. There's a lot of there's a lot of work went into it. There's a lot of work went into it. So hopefully, someone will take it and as they read it, it says, "What does this mean? Where can I use this?" In other words, a book should be reading you at the same time you're reading it. Otherwise, it's just reading a novel to find out the boy got the girl, the uncle died, left money or whatever. But in these books, sure, we can write our own story if we do what we should be doing and we really want it. Well, Don, thank you so much for being here on the show today. Congratulations on all your success in leading the Napoleon Hill Foundation and the books that you've written and the books that you've brought to the public light that wouldn't have been there without your work. So thank you, sir, for all that you've done. Congratulations on your success. And I wish you many more years of continued success. So thank you for being on the show. Thank, thank you, Jason. I hope it done some good for someone. Stay, stay in touch. Well, there you have it. What a wonderful, wonderful man Don Green is. Um, you know, I, I, I haven't yet had the chance to sit down with him one-on-one -on -one in person and have a conversation. So today was my first chance of doing that. And you got to eavesdrop in on that conversation. But I'm looking forward to it at some point being able to meet him face to face and really dig in deep in the archives and the Napoleon Hill Foundation and understanding deeply 
more information about mindset. If you have not read Think and Grow Rich, if you've not read Outwitting the Devil, those are two books I think you should go right now and pick up copies, listen to the audiobook, pick up the real copies, listen, read them. Um, just like he said, you read books and books read you. So I remember the first time I tried to read Think and Grow Rich, I wasn't impressed. I, I, it didn't hit me. And this was years ago, and I put it down about halfway through. But then I picked it up again a little over a year and a half ago, and it has set my life on a completely different trajectory. I am 100% committed to understanding the success, achievement, personal development concepts that Napoleon talks about in his books, and I would recommend anybody to do that as well. Um, the key comes down to action. It comes down to taking action. And what I tell my clients all the time is the magic is in the action. So make sure you take action. Don't just listen to the podcast. Go out and do something. But I want to thank you for being here as a listener to the show, watching the show on YouTube if you're watching this. Check out Napoleon Hill Foundation. Let me give you some information about how to get in touch with them. It's naphill.org. That's N-A-P-H-I-L-L.org. So go check out Napoleon Hill Foundation. And when you get in touch with somebody, let them know you heard about them on The Root of All Success with me, The Real Jason Duncan. You can follow them on Instagram. Lots of great inspirational quotes every day. Just look up Napoleon Hill Foundation on Instagram. And they're on Facebook, too, at Napoleon Hill Foundation. And they have a YouTube channel. But thanks again to Don Green and the Napoleon Hill Foundation for Don being a guest on the show today. Until next time, I am the real Jason Duncan, and Jesus is King. Attention business owners. Attention business owners. Feeling burnout from running your business? Uncertain if you're nearing burnout? Take our free 10-question business burnout test at businessburnouttest.com to discover where you stand. With just 10 quick questions, you'll learn how to immediately begin making changes to regain freedom and success. Cut your daily operations time in half. Improve your quality of life and prepare your business for your future exit without losing revenue or profit. Visit businessburnouttest.com now and take the test. Thank you for listening to another edition of The Root of All Success with The Real Jason Duncan. If you've enjoyed this week's episode, visit therootofallsuccess.com to access the show notes and other helpful resources. Follow Jason on social media at The Real Jason Duncan. See you again next time here on The Root of All Success. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.